Hello, and welcome to We Blame Our Shells, a podcast where two librarians discuss books, movies, games, you know, anything you can find on your shelf. I'm your host, James Pugh. I'm a librarian in training who owns copies of the original Star Wars trilogy before George Lucas added all of the CGI. And I am joined by... I'm Dan Major. I am a librarian, and I own two complete box sets of Twin Peaks on DVD. Are they different? Is one different from another? The content is not different, but the extras were different. So I, I bought the second set because it came with a bunch of additional stuff. <laughs> of course. That's why you would buy that stuff. Because uh, here's a good question for you. What was the last piece of physical media that you purchased for your shelf? Because we talk about things on our shelves on mm-hmm. this podcast. So what was the last physical media? Yeah, I actually, I, I own very, very few books because um, I do a lot of audiobooks and I don't buy books because I can just get them from the library most of the time. Same. But when I do really like something, um, I will buy it. And um, for my birthday, my sister got me the box set of uh, Smoke and Bone by Lainey Taylor, which is a mm. um, like a young adult fantasy series. Okay. That I recommend. Is it the? Did they? Is that the one they just turned into a? Netflix series? If they did, I'd be really happy, but I think you're thinking of um, the Grishaverse yes. one, which the Some, name is escaping my mind. I just read that. Something and Bone. Bone and something. Yeah. Oh, was it Smoke and Bone? I always get, books like that, I always get confused. Like, there's so many, like, Smoke and Bone, Daughters and Bone, Smoke and Mirror, like the naming convention, yeah. like the Paris Library, the Librarian <laughs> of Paris, the Librarian of Berlin, the the, pa- the Paris Affair, the Paris Wife, <laughs> the Paris, yeah, the Paris Wife in the window in the library down the street. So, um, yeah, but uh, I received that, and then the last thing I actually bought for myself was uh, Twin Peaks, of course. What about you? Um, the Legos count. Do you keep them on your shelf? I do. I, uh, I started to invest in this in the sets that are more display, less play. Mm-hmm. So I have like all like the Star Wars helmets, and they are displayed proudly on my shelf. Um, but no, I um, I used to collect a lot of movies before I started working at the library. Same thing. Yeah, and you, you don't you, need you, to. <laughs> yeah, um, I still have a lot of books, but they're like I haven't purchased a book um, until like last fall. And that was a a copy of uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, Anansi Boys. Mm. And it was a really cool pulp novel style cover that I just really loved. And so I bought it. It was like $6. I was like, all right, sold. Alternate covers are definitely a draw. Like, um, well, I guess it's not just an alternate cover, but there's like the illustrated Harry Potter books now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And those have really, really nice artwork. So I've received one of those as a gift yeah, too. Have, and I've given probably three of those as gifts too. Those are great gifts. I've I've um, I have the whole Harry Potter series on in hardcover in a box set that has like a dragon. It's mm. really cool. But when the illustrated versions came out, I'm like, I'm gonna wait for all of those to be published and then I'm gonna buy the box set of <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> um and then for I would say I I bought a, a the Futurama complete box yes. set at the time like that included all the all the seasons all the movies mm-hmm. it, special features on each it was it was amazing but now that the series is coming back 
when they get canceled again, I'm going to have to buy. You'll need another box set. You'll have to buy another complete box set because they'll only release them all like parts one, two, and three together. So you're going to own duplicates. But to be fair, I haven't watched the DVD box set in a long time because it's streaming. Yeah, I never, I never actually watch DVDs because, like, I really only watch TV when I'm going to bed at night, and I don't have a DVD player in my bedroom. It's in my living, well, not even a DVD player, like my PlayStation I use for DVDs. And the security tags on the library DVDs make them really hard to actually play sometimes. On the older, yes, I've noticed that on the yeah. older ones, but I have a Blu-ray player, and they, the, they work fine. Mm. But the Blu-ray player is also like one that can connect to the internet mm-hmm. and do all those. You can get apps on it, but I'm like, I have a smart TV. Why do I need? <laughs> yeah, I don't need another, any of this. Yeah, and and yeah, but because everything's at your fingertips, I do the same thing. I fall asleep watching TV, and so I just put something on streaming, something I've seen ten thousand times, mm-hmm. Futurama, and um, yeah. But do you think we're missing like some kind of like subtlety with physical media, like like because. We were talking about all the special features. The reason you bought that box set was because it had additional special features from the other box set that you already owned. But I'm talking like not even just like the box sets, but like CDs. You remember CDs when you could like... I don't. (laughs) That was a very nostalgic bomb. Sorry about that. Yeah. Not like... uh, Do you remember when, Dan? No. Like when you bought a CD, like you had like liner notes. You had Mm -hmm. photographs. Right. You had artwork in there. Sometimes you'd have like additional poems or something. Yeah. And I mean, you'd have pictures of the band, whether it was from recording or just in general. And it was like a whole thing. Like now, if you just hop on Spotify, you get no visual besides the album cover. And like, I just like, hey, Siri, play whatever song. Like, I don't even see the album covers because I just have the, the, what is it even called? I want to say AirPod, but that is not what that is. I, like a screenless yeah, sm- smart speaker is smart what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't have a screen on it. So I don't even like see album cover. Like there's artists that I listen to that I've never, <laughs> don't know what they look like, don't know what their aesthetic is, just know the yeah, music. I'll, I'll say the same. And because I would, uh, there's this one artist I was listening to. I was like, oh, that sounds really good. And then somebody showed me a picture of him. I'm like, that's not the guy. <laughs> That's not the voice that matches the picture, but I just remember like growing growing up, going through all like the great CD, because you know they did the same thing on records. But I, you know, would go through the CD albums, and one of my favorite albums was Sublime, because at the time, like it had like all this like SoCal artwork in it by a guy named Opie Artis. Mm-hmm. He's if you if you Google search him and see his art, you'll be like, oh, yep, that guy. Um, it had a lot of like the lyrics in there. It had pictures of the lead singer uh, Bradley Knoll, who had just like died a few months before the album came out. And so, you know, right when the internet was getting uh, new, like nobody could just hop online and like you you heard about it. Like I didn't know he was dead until after I bought the CD. Right. Right. And I was like, I can't wait to see them live. And they're like, Oh, buddy, have we got a sad story for you? <laughs> um, but uh, one of my favorite. I guess because because now when you're listening to streaming music, like they have the 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 lyrics, you know, just, right? Just they, flash they across the, yeah, the screen. Yeah, I have it on Apple Music or something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I was listening to it, you'd try to find the song and then you'd like read along with the lyrics as the guy was singing. Well, this one uh, song in on the album Sublime 
Well, it's called uh, Caress Me Down. <laughs> very, very raunchy song. Very naughty song. Okay. Uh, I would, if you uh, want to hear it, I would suggest that please make sure kids are not around because, <laughs> wow. Um, and there's a part of the song where he goes into Spanish. So I'm flipping through the, the lyrics and I go to the, the part with that song. And then sure enough, it's the first part's in English and all the lyrics are in English. And then it gets to the Spanish part. And in parentheses, it says, learn Spanish. <laughs> and then it, when he starts singing English again, the English words come back on. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I learned Spanish and... And that was that was before you could just like drop it into Google Translate or like have your phone listen to it and auto translate for you. So you legitimately had to do some work. Yeah, uh... like get an English Spanish dictionary (laughs) and be totally surprised. (laughs) What about you? What was the like a album you remember growing up? Um, the one and it's funny. Um, the one that jumped out at me uh, was Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt. Um, which as we entered the podcast studio today, uh, James, you looked down at a bookcase and grabbed Tragic Kingdom right off of the bookcase. Like it is, it is arm's length away from me, which is really funny (laughs) because I have not seen that CD since like 1998. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I remember getting that CD, um, in the fall and I was looking through like the notes in the front and I I distinctly remembered like looking at the artwork because it's like all in Orange County and it's got oranges all over it, but all the oranges are going rotten. And my neighbors were like burning leaves outside (laughs) at the same time that I was going through this. And I didn't realize what was going on. I'm like, does this CD smell like it's burning? Like, is this the rotten (laughs) oranges or something that I'm getting? And then after a couple minutes, I was like, oh, that's what that is. But I just (laughs) very distinct memory of that particular cd and that like the smell of burning leaves reminds me of that to this day it's a great album yeah yeah. it's a great album um and that's just one that you could put on from start to finish like Mm -hmm. i love those kinds of albums um but anyway uh the one thing i don't miss with cds though is is like you you can just get on your phone find the song find the artist find the album find whatever start playing when you first bought that cd do you remember the unraveling it and the cellophane oh yeah having having to pick up that cellophane for 10 minutes without like scratching the jewel case and everything and peeling (laughs) the stickers off leaving yeah leaving that um little plastic uh sticker across the top that oh if a little bit of that was left on the front of that it drove me nuts and i like kind of pick at it until it was completely clean the 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 front had to be completely clean (laughs) did you ever have the quintessential like big fat 500 cd binder in your your first high school car like everybody did in our age group the trapper keeper of cds yeah yes and like you're trying to drive and like pick a cd and you're also 16 (laughs) and then suddenly you're not anymore and in retrospect that is terrifying everyone's like distracted drivers i was like well you never had to change a cd (laughs) in the middle of it one of my friends had like the like 12 disc changer in the trunk of their car (laughs) And so it was like paradise. <laughs> Those were only good for audiobooks, especially because you could just like, oh yeah. Start, I yep. never thought of that. But we're nerds, so that's you know. <laughs> um, would you consider yourself? Because you you said like all those CDs in a trap. So obviously you were collecting CDs. Do you consider yourself a collector? Not at all. Because um, like, I I have like I'm I more said, of a minimalist than I am a collector, especially okay. since I started working in libraries. I'm like 
I should just get rid of all this stuff. And then, like, when I moved about two years ago, I kind of cleaned out the last of... I mean, I still have a, a, subs- a larger-than-average person's book collection, I think. Um, Same. But compared to what it was, not a lot. And then I was not a big... I, big CD burner <laughs> when I was younger, not big CD buyer. Yep. Uh, we are Nap- uh, Napster generation or Napster, Kazaa yeah. or Winamax. LimeWire. LimeWire. <laughs> destroy the family PC so you can get one pirated version of... Uh... I would say that that was the, the, not the mean thing to do to the family PC. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a collector per se. Like, like I, I used to go out and like get like the special edition DVDs. And mm-hmm. like that's how I got the Star Wars uh theatrical versions because i was i was like i don't want to see this cgi stuff and so they released like an anniversary edition on dvd and one disc was the new one and one disc was the theatrical and i was like that's what i'm getting like and that that, that kind of be stuff soon, but... because like by the time dvds were out they were already starting to like replace the footage in yes. those movies so that's yes. that's a difficult find now yeah i don't know if they're worth anything <laughs> <laughs> Because they're open and they're not mint in box. Have Have you watched them and compared them? Like I've I've seen the old version. I'm assuming I've seen the new version, but I'm not that into Star Wars, so I couldn't couldn't tell you what was original and not original. Um, honestly, I remember the original more than the CGI version, so I couldn't tell you what the difference is. Like if I were to see the CGI version, I'm like, this isn't right. <laughs> like that's that's <laughs> something's how I, like, off. Yeah, here, something's but... off here. Uh, but anyway, uh, we got off on a tangent here. Um, I was gonna say. I noticed that with video games, video games today, they totally still do these like collector's editions where not only do you get the video game, but you get like these little minifigures or a booklet about something or some kind of holographic thing where it's double the price of the video game. But I, as a person, am not going to go out of my way to collect these kinds of things. For sure. And I think for me, like video games are the one thing. Where if there is a decent like pre-order extra or something, I will usually go for the physical copy of the game rather than downloading it. Because when you download games, you know, sometimes you get like an in-game bonus or something. Um, but with video games in particular, I do like the physical extras because I'm if I'm gonna fanboy about anything, it's about <laughs> video games. So um I've gotten a lot of interesting stuff over the years. Did you get the Death Stranding one? Uh, no, because that one that one was incredibly expensive. Yeah, it was like um, almost as much as the console itself. Yeah, and it included um, a baby in a jar. Yeah. And that's what I think. I was like, what is this? I don't want a baby in a jar. And it was life-size, too. It wasn't like yeah. a little miniature baby in a jar. Yeah. It was a life-size doll, baby doll, not a real baby. No. Baby doll in a jar of amber. And you're like, what is this? And then when you actually play the game, it makes sense. Yeah. So they, they, they the babies are, they call them BBs. BBs. And they're like a psychic so, yeah. amplifier thing that help you fight these invisible monsters yeah. or something. I played a little bit of that yeah, game. Yeah. It, but... Once I figured that the game was, you're just a, a glorified delivery boy, <laughs> where you are taking supplies from one place to another and avoiding monsters and stuff, and the baby mm-hmm. helps. Then that makes sense, but to a pre-order, I'm like, mm, why I would I don't want a baby <laughs> like, in a jar? What is in this game? <laughs> uh, I actually, um, there's a game that I really liked. It's called Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, ooh. and it was for I think 
think the first one was for the DS and the second one was for the 3DS. Um, and it's kind of a murder mystery survival visual novel. Um, and all the characters have these watch bands on that have a number on them. And they're like a trigger for interacting with the puzzle. Um, but a la, you know, Battle Royale, like if you don't participate in the puzzles, um, it blows up. <laughs> so they uh, they made these replica watches from the games that they sold as oh, pre-orders. Cool. Um, and I gave mine away. How dare you? <laughs> it was cool, though. It was yeah. really cool. And and, um, I s- and it didn't cost extra. It just like it was came just in with it. The, yeah, oh, yeah cool. it was cool. Um, do you ever play Fallout? I've played Fallout 4 and New Vegas. Okay. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's like a, a post-apocalyptic, like, radioactive wasteland and you get this little like wrist i don't even want to call it a watch because it has all these it's like a a lila thing <laughs> like a yeah <laughs> to go back to future this Futurama. thing on my arm this thing on your arm um it is a screen it gives you like your 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 stats and your your health and your inventory yeah, it's and all like this a other giant stuff. watch slash normal sized arm protector with a screen on it it's a it's a it's an enormous apple watch yeah yeah (laughs) and it's called a pip boy and they they i remember they had a special edition replica you got a replica pip boy now i don't know if it could connect to your phone if it could i would totally have bought one oh that would have been cool if it was like a cell phone holder so you could just put your phone into it i don't know if the screen was like a real screen or just like a a replica but i've seen it it was it was a good I'm, I'm not too much of a gamer to want to de- double down on the price of a of a video game. Yeah. I don't want to pay $120 for a $60 game. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm just with all these extra stuff. But that's not to say that there's some other cool collector things that aren't just video games. Like yeah. um, uh, VHS. We're going all the way back to VHS. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this, this wasn't really an extra but it was just kind of a feature on vhs tapes so now you know going back to like late 90s um when i was you know junior high high school um my sister worked at borders and they were like getting rid of some vhs tapes um and she got me two anime series like full series well almost full series Two full series on VHS tape, and when you put them up on the uh, the shelf together in order, like the spines of the chunky, you know, inch yeah. thick VHS tapes formed like a mural of like all the characters, and it was like a scene from the show when they were all in order. Um, she she got me Slayers, which is like a fantasy show, and Revolutionary Girl Utena. But she got me tapes like two through eight. Oh no! Um, so I was missing episodes one and two, but I had the rest of the series on VHS tape. And I'm like, I like where this is going, but I don't really understand how all of the and it's it's a very like uh, weird out there show. So I'm like, I have no idea how these people ended up in this situation or oh, how this all started. It's it's plus I, you had an incomplete mural. With your, yeah, your, yeah, your and eventually, tapes. eventually, I did find number one. But again, those are long how many, gone. How many VHS tapes did that take up? Um, I think there were eight in Utana, and there were like two, two. Well, and that was like season one and only, I think. Um, so I think they they generally 
averaged around eight VHS tapes or so gotcha. too. Because going back to the DVD box sets, like I think the Futurama box set is like twenty DVDs when it's all said and done, mm-hmm. which is and there's a lot. what two hundred some episodes, something like Futurama. that. Yeah, with the movies, with the movies. Yeah, the four movies. And man, like you can fit so much more on a DVD than on a VHS oh, absolutely. tape, and way more on a Blu-ray than a uh, a DVD. So. Yeah, and I liked um, I liked collecting the DVDs at the time. Do you remember the Simpsons uh, DVDs that had the, like the the their shape was like the Simpsons character? <laughs> yes, <laughs> those I, the the seasons were like so Homer Simpson's head and then Bart's head and then it was that was a just a cool thing to have, but really cumbersome to kind of display. <laughs> yeah, and store. <laughs> um, and then uh, I saw this one Harry Potter collection where it is all thirty one discs, so it's all seven movies, a boatload of special features. And it came in this like drawer, this special drawer. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find the price for it because I was like, "Oh, how much is this?" The only thing I could find was something on Amazon for seventeen hundred pounds. And pounds are usually like one pound is like a dollar twenty five or like so. Yeah. So that's a huge collection. Yeah, that's edition. an investment. <laughs> <laughs> you better hope you're uh, getting your money's back with that one when you try to sell it. And then um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Big Lebowski. I actually have never seen that okay. movie. Okay, because this collector set was like only for like huge fans of the movie, but it came with a mini bowling ball, a mini bowling ball bag, the rug. Anybody who's seen the movie knows exactly I, what I'm talking about. I know the bowling. And, like bowling's a thing in that movie. So and, that uh, the he, rug, I have no idea. Have you ever seen anybody cosplay as the dude? Yes, well, with his, the robe and the sunglasses. His robe is like they, they gave you a little mini knit robe that covers the – DVD case. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so I'm like, that's awesome. Um, but uh, do you have any of the, uh, besides the Twin Peaks box sets, do you have any other kinds of DVD collector's editions? or? So in um, manga magazines, they used to have, um, they call it Uruku. Oh. Um, and that is like just kind of extras that come in magazines. Oh. So, like, rather than buying, like, individual editions of a manga, you know, you get a monthly serialized magazine that has maybe, like, four different series in it. Um, and they would send out, like, different, um, like, in American ones, they would send you, like, DVDs of, like, new anime that's coming out or whatever. Oh. And it'd just be, like, a sampler with a couple episodes on it. And that was, like, a really cool way to, like, discover new shows before streaming existed um in japan there was um i was reading about a museum exhibit that they had for furoku and it was uh ribbon magazine which is like a kind of a girl's manga magazine they sent out usually a little bag with a bunch of different crafts in it or like stationary kind of things Mm -hmm. um so it would be everything from like you know, stickers and stamps and pencil bags and that kind of thing to, like, these really, really intricate, almost origami-type folding cardboard projects. And, like, one of them was an actual treasure chest with a working lock and key that what? were made out of paper. Um, <laughs> what happened if it got wet? Uh, your treasure was <laughs> probably doomed at that point, unless there's some really weak pirates. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this this museum exhibit um, just had like 
50 years worth of all these different things they gave out in manga magazines. And it's really interesting to see like how the art styles change over time right? and the trends and um, just all the little crafts and things. Um, it's amazing what, what they can do. I think that's why we kind of like collect things though, just because we want to show it off. Like who, how cool yeah. is that person who has 50 years plus of, the ribbon magazine, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to be able well, to look at this exhibit that I'm going to put into a, uh... and you have like five years of something, and it's like, oh, whatever. But suddenly, there's like a tipping point somewhere in there when you have maybe like 20 years of something <laughs> that it's like, okay, this is like a legit collection now, right, right. Um, and and I don't know, I I just I think that there's something to be said about um the physical subtleties of everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, we're streaming. Yes, it's convenient. Oh, I absolutely love it. But I just, I don't know. I kind of miss some of the uh, some of the f- special features and stuff that you would get when it came to, like, some of the physical media. For sure. Even, even some little things like um, the Harry Potter audiobooks, like, amazing. Yeah. Um, amazing narrator, like, really good way to experience that story. But... Even just like the little illustrations at the beginning of each chapter from Harry Potter. And I, I think like the British versions had different illustrations than the American versions did even. They did. Um, but like that American version artwork, like that stuck with me for a really long time. And it gives you like a frame of reference for the book too that you might not get if you're just, you know, sometimes they include that in ebooks and sometimes they don't. Um, in audiobooks, obviously, they're <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get that. So right, um, you can miss out on on some of the intended. It's, yeah, it's kind of supplemental, but kind of. I was going to say because, and then you have some of the other editions, and I can't remember the author or the illustrator's name. It's like Zel- Zelnick or Selznick or something. He's a very famous author and illustrator, and he does these really beautiful illustrations with pencil sketches. Mm-hmm. And he did a a. They did a a version of Harry Potter where he did the pre chapter oh, like okay. illustrations. Like it's not like the illustrated version. So right. yeah, that would be re- and you would totally miss out on that if you've only listened to the audiobook collection of Harry Potter. And you know, like going back to Futurama, we're gonna make it full circle. <laughs> going back to <laughs> going back to Futurama, um, you know, you miss out on some of the audio commentary and some of the stories behind the making of the show. Like uh there's an episode where they had um Beck superstar yeah that episode is so good and they're telling the stories of how like beck showed up to do the recording and he was just so into it he was 100 percent on board he he laughed at all the jokes uh he they said that his favorite joke was uh when he was like come on move it we have to uh get to the venue to make the audience wait like (laughs) that that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah um and uh just to hear the background stories to hear those kinds of stories of the, the creators getting to share like, Oh look, we made this thing for you. So we hope you enjoy it as much as we've had fun making it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. I feel like you, you, they have that now with like the Netflix, you can go to the additional websites. And... But I mean, who do, who does that? I don't really, I really don't. And like, if it's on the disc, usually I would, I would go back and watch audio commentary. I haven't watched a lot of audio commentary on stuff. Yeah. Um, but the ones that I've seen have been really like I I like David Lynch movies. Yeah, and he's always I mean I'm obsessed with Twin Peaks naturally, so I like <laughs> right. David Lynch. Um, but he's such a strange and interesting 
person that his commentaries on things are always really right really poignant yeah um and like i don't know if it makes more sense or less sense after he tries to explain <laughs> it <laughs> right and he's he's got that like i'm david L- like that that david lynch I, voice i know what you're talking about yeah from the cleveland show because yeah, yeah. he was he was gus in the cleveland show <laughs> and he's just got that nasally funny voice um uh. so he's great to listen to um yeah, and again, it's just I think it's really cool to to, I mean, again, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love the convenience. Let me just pop it in or just hit this button, click here, whatever, and then I'm watching something. That is fantastic. But mm-hmm. it's still nice to like I like I look at my collection. I like, have a bunch of you know, um, I have a library at home that is a bunch of books and stuff that I haven't picked up in years, but I still think looks cool, and I just yeah. think it it says something, you know, you know, to showcase and display things on your shelves. John Waters did say something about people with books on their shelves that is <laughs> that is not appropriate for me to say since I'm technically at work right now. I know the um, quote you're talking about. Yeah. Let's, and... let's normalize that. <laughs> oh, um, my God. And speaking of John Waters, he, this is one of the ones that I watched. Um, I, I have a bunch of John Waters movie posters in my living room, um, and he did the commentary on Mommy Dearest. Which no. Which was like... To have him actually, because it's it's not always the creator or the director. You know, it can be like anybody from yeah from the show. And like, I could listen to John Waters read the dictionary. <laughs> so his comment and his movies are so off the wall too. And right, he's, he's right. so animated. He's like he's so much like David Lynch, but so <laughs> so different than David Lynch at the exact same time. So I I always appreciate his input on on his own movies. <laughs> That would be an interesting one to listen to. I heard uh, Hunter S. Thompson in the Criterion Collection. They did a, a he did the commentary on one for um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and they tried to get him to like talk about Fear and Loathing, but he was not having it. He was just like, "What is this guy doing? What is going on in this?" Like, and then he would just like just yell like weird. Not like obscenities, just weird, make weird noises randomly, and you're like, okay, this this dude is so it's is not, crazy. <laughs> it's not as much commentary as it is like mystery science theater. Not even <laughs> that, that he he's thinks just he's like, on. Like he was, he would, he would talk about Johnny Depp. Like, oh yeah, Johnny would be crazy when he'd stay at my house and blah blah blah. And I was like, what? I didn't, you know, you learn some weird things about yeah. that, but it was just like it had nothing to do with the making of the movie <laughs> itself. It's almost it's nice to like overhear that, like when you hear an actor or director's like real personality coming out, you know, not their character. Um, but you hear them actually be able to reframe stuff or even like there are, there are audio commentaries where you can like hear them like eating or like talking about things like, Oh, are you getting coffee? Will you get me? Like, I, I kind of like that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun, but, um, I think that's going to have to wrap it up for this week. Um, I had a lot of fun on this one. It was, this was like the nostalgia bomb, right? Yeah, like yeah. last time it was the absurd. This time it was, ah, I remember when. <laughs> that was even more of a nostalgia bomb because it was going back, you know, like 500 years. This yeah, but was I, going back like 20, 25 years. Yeah, but I don't remember carrying yeah. books strapped <laughs> with, your the, leather strap. with my leather strap. I don't remember doing that ever. Um, <laughs> so thank you all for listening. Um, join us next time as we discuss... What are we discussing? What are we discussing? Time? Not Banned Books Month. That's, that's, that's September. September. 
I can't remember what our subject. I didn't write it down. One. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a Trust mystery. Us. Yeah. So join us next time when we discuss mystery topic. <laughs> And um, we would like to thank Orion Neighborhood Television, ONTV, for providing the recording studios for We Blame Our Shelves. You can uh, also find episodes of We Blame Our Shelves at our website, orionlibrary.org. If you have questions, comments, or would like to give us a topic to discuss, like maybe next time's mystery topic, maybe you can provide that for us. You can send us an email at podcast at orionlibrary.org. And you can check out everything for your shelf at your local library, and please support them by any means you are able. Until next time, I'm James Pugh. And I'm Dan Major. And we'll see you. Bye.